half the time they have no idea and when they do they're like you know was that was that tofu in this curry that i had and i was like absolutely he's like it, it was good i i never had it that way before and i'm like yeah and then it's just like a pat on my back but then excited because when have they been excited about tofu before welcome to the exam room podcast brought to you by the physicians committee Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us in more than 130 countries around the world and healthy cities coast to coast in the U.S. Columbus, Ohio, San Antonio, Texas, Santa Rosa, California. We appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 12 of season 5, number 311 overall. Another Super Bowl is upon us, and it is time once again to realize that more athletes than ever are turning to a plant-based diet to get a leg up on their competition, and that includes plenty of players in the NFL. No doubt you've heard about the Tennessee Titans. They were featured a few years ago in the Game Changers documentary. But that trend of healthy eating continues today, and that is why we will be speaking with a woman who is helping to push that trend forward. She is a sports dietitian and performance chef helping the Philadelphia Eagles fly high into the playoffs this past season. Brittany Dunn, she is an up-and-comer in the nutrition world who is working with players to fine-tune their diet, enhance their performance, and turn those warriors into plant-fueled gridiron gladiators. And the veg curiosity does not stop with just the players because there are plenty of people in the front office, including some very high up in the executive ranks, who are standing up from the table where the standard American diet is being served and moving over toward a more plant-friendly table where healthier dishes are being plated up. Now, of course, when it comes to a healthy diet, Many of us first think to the ageless wonder Tom Brady. And Tom is hanging it up after 22 seasons in the NFL that included seven Super Bowl victories. Of course, his famed TB12 diet, it's not completely plant-based, but it is about an 80-20 split that excludes a lot of things. It doesn't include dairy, gluten, MSG, coffee, alcohol, all GMOs, added sugars, trans fats, or ultra-processed food. But what it does include are healthy doses of leafy greens and fresh fruit. He keeps it pretty clean with a serious eye on nutrient density. And as you will hear today from Brittany, she's also about ultra-clean, nutrient-dense meals. So you're going to hear her talk about her methods for working with today's players and how many of them are paying close attention to their diet. You're also going to hear about the growing number of veg curious players on the team and what those guys are eating. And of course, we're also going to be talking about what you're eating as well, because Brittany has some fun ideas for what you may want to serve at your Super Bowl party this year. All of the recipes are plant-based, all of them are delicious, and all of this starts right now. Brittany, thank you so very much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
I love your story. I love what it is that you're doing. And being a sports guy, I am enamored with the fact that you are bringing your nutrition expertise to the NFL. You do some work with the Philadelphia Eagles. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is you're doing there? Absolutely. So my main role there is to um, create food for individuals who have specific diets, whether that be vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, um, what some people refer to as clean eating, or anyone who wants to maintain their weight or allow for any body composition changes. So what I do is work with them, sit down, do some consulting, get their preferences, understand what their goals are, and just relate to them what I can do for them with nutrition. Then I go into the kitchen, put meal plans together and recipes, and then I feed them basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or anything in between. All right. So when you're on this show, we're going to start with plant-based nutrition. And so we only know of a couple of teams here and there who have a few players who are interested in eating a plant-based diet. How many people on the team have come to you and said, hey, Britt, I want to check out what this whole plant-based thing is about? So I have about five individuals on the team who are geared towards more of a plant-based diet, not necessarily just vegan. Um, I have one athlete who is completely vegan, and then I have athletes who want to make sure that they introduce some fruits and vegetables into their diets that they're not used to. Um, so what I do is I incorporate them in familiar flavors, familiar textures, so that they um, are able to be introduced with them without being so uncomfortable with the idea. Big time. That is a huge point because I would imagine that there's skepticism, there's stigma when you're talking about eating a plant-based diet as opposed to that conventional standard American diet. These guys are like, ah, man, I can't go without that steak. I can't go without that turkey, whatever the case may be. And I would imagine it's kind of fun for you to open their eyes to the fact that you can replicate that kind of texture and it's, flavor. It's so fun. Um, in the beginning, it was kind of like a challenge because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was a vegetarian for almost 20 years, so it was very natural for me um, to be more open to different vegetarian vegan options. But for them, I think of, okay, here's a meal that I want to make. Here are the flavors that I want to incorporate. And then where can I put bits and pieces of um, vegetarian and plant-based um, foods into this meal? So I like to do that by you know, emphasizing the flavor and cooking it in different ways to add different texture so that it is more appealing and more tasty when they do eat it. And half the time they have no idea. And when they do, they're like, you know, was that, was that tofu in this curry that I had? And I was like, absolutely. It's like, it, it was good. I, I never had it that way before. And I'm like, yeah. And then it's just like a pat on my back, but then excited because, you know, when, when have they been excited about tofu before? And so I was able to introduce them to that. I know. And the fact that you're getting an NFL player to eat soy to begin with, I think yeah. it's just magical, magical in itself. Um, I remember in Washington, uh, DJ Swearinger uh, had a stint here and uh, he was primarily plant based, eating more of a pescatarian diet, um, but not not a whole lot of fish there. But anyway, he was so hyper focused on nutrition that he had the team install a smoothie station for him in the cafeteria. And he literally he had a freezer with all kinds of frozen fruit and flax and whatever else he wanted to throw in the particular smoothie that day. Um, he could always go and grab it. 
And, you know, while guys were eating steaks and chicken and things like that for lunch, he was, you know, downing what he told me was like three of these, these big monster shakes that he would make. I couldn't even finish one, but this dude, he was putting it down. Um, the, the one athlete that you have who is very much in tune with the plant-based diet, like, are they all in for it? Are they taking those extra steps like Swearinger was? Oh, absolutely. Um, and because we know him so well and what his preferences are, um, pretty much it's, it's really easy for us to contribute to his needs. And, um, whether that be in the kitchen or in the fueling station, um, we definitely have everything available and make sure that you know, what his preferences are, they're met, they're met in the kitchen for sure. Okay. It, well, okay. So you have a kitchen and you have a fueling station. I would love to know what this fueling station is. <laughs> so the fueling station is ran um, by the sports dietitians that, that we have um, that work with the team. And what that pretty much has is a bunch of options for either pre or post-workout snacks or fueling, and then also like recovery smoothies and shakes. So uh, the athletes have, you know, access to it all the time. It's right outside of the practice and weight room facilities. Um, so it's pretty easy for them to go and get, you know, either supplements, hydration, um, and then fueling and then protein options. How keenly aware uh, are these guys when it comes to nutrition? And I'll tell you why I ask, because it was, I mean, it's been about 10 years since I was a, a beat reporter. And I remember going out to eat with one player who I had really befriended. And I mean, we would just go and I would, of course, get my salad. But then like this guy would eat a mountain of buffalo wings and whatever else he wanted off of the menu. And it wasn't exactly what I would call the healthiest thing. But who was I to really question him at the time? I mean, this guy's in the NFL. But now I think back or, or I flash forward to where we are today. From my perspective, it seems like guys have kind of stepped up their nutrition game. Is that the case in Philadelphia? I'd say Yes. It's a, it's a combination. I think a lot of athletes who are new to the facility and they do see all those options do get really excited in the beginning. Um, so they do consume the chicken wings or whatever. And then throughout the season, their nutrition knowledge is, is really growing. So they get a b- better understanding of what nutrition does and how it contributes to performance and body composition. So at that point, the dietitians are doing what they can as far as education and then the athletes are responding by making choices on their own in the kitchen. Um, so yes, they still do want the chicken wings, but now we're also going to decrease the portion of that and add something else to the plate so that it's more of a well-rounded meal instead of just being excited and getting a large portion of what's there. When you're talking with them and kind of explaining nutrition and how you can use it to fuel your body, do you get into conversations about recovery time and anti-inflammatory foods and things of that nature? It depends on the situation. Um, So sometimes speaking with an athlete, it can be two seconds, it can be two minutes, or it can be, you know, 15 minutes. So I really prioritize what information they need to hear at that time or what what they're looking for. So if I'm refilling supplements and an athlete comes by and is like, what are those even for? That's my opportunity to, t- to then talk about inflammation and recovery and brain health um, when looking at the supplements that they consume each day. Um, whereas in the kitchen, when they ask about different kinds of foods, it's, it's a lot 
more simple information given because kitchen, when they're in the kitchen, they just, they're in and out grabbing their food, trying to go sit down, either go home or onto the next meeting or onto practice. So it really depends on the situation and timing. Are there a few players? I know you said that sometimes there are 15 minute conversations, but are there a couple of players maybe that are like all in on nutrition? They're just undercover nutrition nerds and are always kind of picking your brain. Not, not quite. Oh. No. No, oh, we're no. not there yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, my the, goal is to always input little information, bits of information as I see them all. So that's it. Little by little by little, you're making big changes. Um, the the athlete who is plant-based as well, let me ask you, I mean, have you had conversations with that person about recovery time? Because I remember, again, going back to the DJ Swearinger example here in Washington, um, when I interviewed him, it was toward the end of the season, okay? So this was like week 14, week 15. And as you know, you get that deep in the season, these guys are pretty banged up. And a lot of them are just kind of walking around and they're shuffling their feet. It's really every step can kind of be painful for him. But here's Swearinger, who's just kind of bounding down the stairs, you know, feeling footloose, fancy free, you know, all of that good stuff. He's he, and and he attributed a lot of that to the fact that his body was able to recover so quickly after the beating it would take on Sunday. And he didn't have a lot of the same types of issues that his teammates were having. Yeah. So for him, he he talks a lot about plant-based diet as something that contributes to his whole body and his whole feel. So he says it's easier for him to move. It's He feels better throughout the day, um, you know, prior to and post practice and workout. So a lot of times even athletes will come up to him because his food is, is typically situated in the separate area and he goes to grab it. So everybody's like, oh, like, what are you getting? What is that? And, you know, he can easily explain to each athlete, like, this is a vegan meal. Here's why I do it. I feel so much better. Like, literally, he's like, I will never go back. And that always plants a seed in in those other athletes' minds. Like, okay, like, maybe this is something I can consider. And some athletes have even been like, well, maybe I can just try it for like a week or a month. And, you know, that sounds little um, in the beginning, but it really does contribute to so much education that they can, you know, grow into. Have there been any concerns about plant-based diets and athletes being able to maintain the weight and the muscle mass that they need to perform at such a high level in the NFL? I ask because Trent Williams, when he was in Washington, explored the idea of eating a plant-based diet. He did that faithfully for a while, but said that he had to hop off of it because he had a hard time keeping weight on, which for a left tackle is problematic. So as a nutritionist, what advice would you have for somebody in that position to make sure that they're still getting enough calories to maintain that mass? Um, I would definitely advise them to focus on protein. Um, a lot of plant-based options for protein are absorbed differently in the body. So make sure that you increase your protein consumption, but also think about all the nutrients. Um, a lot of times we're lacking because, okay, I'm eating vegetables and the volume of vegetables um, compared to the volume of meat and the ca calories and um, nutrients contained in the two are very different. So like the volume is a lot bigger. So while it might appear like you're eating a lot more food in actuality, um, 
the nutrient density is just a little bit different. So um, really start your day with a plan. Um, if you don't plan it out, it could be a lot more difficult to achieve the amount of macronutrients that you want to um, if you're not thinking about it ahead of time. Let me ask you about striking a balance between taking supplements as an athlete and trying to get as many of those nutrients as possible through nutrition. When you're having those types of conversations, what is your personal philosophy on that? Um, number one, I to get it through food um, as far as um, absorption and then the things that come along with it, right? So when I'm eating vegetables or when I'm eating um a fruit, I'm not just getting, you know, the micronutrient that's in it, but it's also contributing to antioxidants. It's also contributing to hydration if it's a fruit and something like that. So there's a lot more things that are going on when you consume the food itself rather than just um, the nutrient in a supplement format. Um, however, I do support the use of supplements, especially for different sports as far as recovery, um, it's like a huge thing. And then, um, just injury prevention, especially with professional athletes, they are putting so much, um, strain on their bodies every single day. So a lot of times nutrition by what they're eating is not going to be enough, or it can be, you know, heavily influenced by supplementation. That's such a fun and interesting conversation to have. When you think about recovery time, you may think about spending, you know, a couple hours a day in the trainer's room, right? Rehabbing an injury. I don't think that most people, athlete or otherwise, would associate uh, injury prevention, injury recovery with what it is that they're eating. And yet what this science continues to show is that, yeah, there is a direct correlation between the two. As a nutritionist, that's got to get you kind of fired up. Oh, for sure. And so it's like a lot of people just think of food like I'm hungry and that's what food is there for to feed me. But there's so much more. And that's why I say it's, it's fuel. It's fuel for your body. Um, it affects so many different pathways and not just for you as a any average person, but also especially in athletics. And the science is there um, to to back it up. Um, it's not it's not just there for food, but we can also use it as fueling, recovery, energy to get through, muscle building, um, for injury as far as um, decreasing inflammatory, and um, just things like that, just to make sure that. It's not just, you know, it's, it's a tool. It's, it's definitely bigger than it, than it appears to be. No question. And uh, I got to because you're here, we're talking about athletics. I got to pivot and just ask, you know, when it comes to protein and eating a plant-based diet, your plant-based player, are they struggling whatsoever to get all of the amounts of protein that they need to perform? No. So it's a combination <laughs> of what I'm cooking for them especially because there's not that many athletes on a vegan or vegetarian diet. I am very in tune to what each and every meal looks like for them. So I can do the calculations for them and make sure that I'm getting enough protein in. And I think a lot of times when we think of protein, we think of meat. So when there's a meat, a vegetable and a carbohydrate on a plate, we look at the meat and that's the protein. But when I look at a plate, I see um, that there's five grams of protein in this, there's eight in this, there's three in this. So I'm able to, you know, see the whole plate 
and the nutrient makeup of everything in each of the ingredients, you know, so that the athlete ends up getting everything that they need um, through through the whole meal. You know, one of the things that I like about you is that you're clearly passionate about that. Like you say that with a big old smile on your face and I, I just see the wheels turning in your head, like visualizing a plate. It's like, this has this, this has this, this has it. And like, it just makes you happy to be thinking about that, right? Yeah, it's, it's fun because, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way. So I, you know, I value food. I value what it brings to the table, what it brings to the plate. And, you know, and I'm, excited about what it tastes like, what it looks like, but also what it can do for me and what it can do for an athlete or what it can do for a parent to reach their goals. All right. So we've talked a lot about the players. Are there anybody, is there anybody else in the office in, uh, up there in Philadelphia that may be interested or veg curious and they oh, come and sure. they talk to you? All right. Talk Absolutely. to me about these people. Who are the, who are the undercover <laughs> veg heads? So we have um, an individual in the athletic training area, and then we have somebody um, in the top offices. So the thing is with that is um, with one of the individuals, you know, meat is, or certain types of meat, um, he tries to avoid. So he'll typically do like turkey and chicken and, and salmon and different kind of fish, um, but then steer away from red meats or pork and things like that. So those options are always available, but a lot of times what I do is make the vegan vegetarian option um, very similar or very, um, you know, familiar flavors or foods, especially in Philadelphia and, um, you know, make them available to them as well. So, you know, it's not just the same thing every day. It's not just simple foods with like you know, a fake meat and a pasta. It's it's really taking the time to be super creative with the foods so that it's appealing. So with them, it started with, oh, you know, what's that meal in the corner over there to, oh, I'll try that. And then, you know, definitely asking each day what it is or just now I know that I need to add them to the meal count and they're going to take that meal that day. That's awesome. Well, it just, you know, it, it all it does, like a lot of times when I hear these stories, it really is just what you're saying. It's like somebody sees something on one plate or, you know, that one person is eating something different. Ooh, what's that? Exactly. And suddenly they're asking questions and it's, it's kind of like that just opens up a whole new world for them. It's really fun to watch that happen. Um, Really quick before we we, we move on to um, some of the fun stuff you, you mentioned, especially in Philadelphia. So now that got me wondering, like, have you figured out a way to replicate a cheesesteak in a healthier plant-based yeah. garden? Yes, I have. So in two or three different ways. So one um, way is a, um, a pea protein option that I've used. And Another, as far as, you know, a meat is a seitan, and then another is a mushroom option. So with those three, I make sure that I marinate the meat or the meat substitute prior. Um, and I often just like to make it pretty simple. And then I go ahead and grill it so that I can adjust the texture and make sure that it's not too chewy, get a little crisp on it, add flavor. Um, in that way. And then I prepare everything pretty much the same. And then I have different cheese options. So cheese substitute options. It just depends on who it is that I know is eating it that day or what their preference and what their preferences are. 
So with that, I'll either do a cashew-based cheese or a nut-based cheese, or I'll do something like um, a cheese substitute that comes shredded and add a, um, you know, like a also substitute cream cheese or a, sub, a substitute plant-based milk and um, add flavors to that as well. I love how you kind of run the gamut of like the healthier plant-based options up to, you know, some of the stuff that you can find in the store to kind of tailor it to where that person is, tailor it to their tastes. Like in your role, I would think that that's critically important to be able to do that and, and just kind of give the person what it is that they need. Yeah. And it's a combination of that and, you know, restriction of time and availability. So mm -hmm. when I think of my friends who want to become vegan or vegetarian, you know, what is the most feasible option for them? We can start with the plant-based frozen option and then move on to the veg vegetable option and, um, you know, just introduce them gradually instead of, you know, saying, okay, here's the vegetable option. It's the best way because this, this, and that, but you also are going to have to set aside more time to prepare it. So it's, you know, meet them where they are, um, whether that be texture and taste wise or time and availability, you know, what, what can I do for them? <laughs> um, before I know that you have, uh, put together a few recipe ideas for the Super Bowl for the exam roomies here. Um, but somebody told me, matter of fact, I think it was something that I read about you online that you have a banging recipe for overnight oats. That's quite popular among your colleagues. Is this true? This is very true. And it's actually not just one recipe. It's every single one. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> so can you give us like, even though there's multiple, like what is Brittany Dunn's number one overnight oats recipe? Ooh, definitely depends. Oh, here, I'll tell you what started it all. What started it all was the chocolate chip cookie dough overnight oats. Ooh. And it's so funny because when I tell people these flavors, they're like, oh my gosh, there's no way that's going to be healthy or be able to fuel me through the rest of the day. And it totally is. So I, it's, you know, pretty simple ingredients. So typically I'll do oats, I'll do a plant-based milk, and that's for every single person who's there. And then I'll sometimes do a nut butter. And that's really what adds, you know, a depth of flavor. And then individuals can choose to add either honey or different nut butters on top. We have different um, fruits and just like we have dragon fruit, which is something that's super new to people. So, you know, I take the time to introduce them to it. And if they don't want it on their oats, I'll give it to them like in a little one ounce cup to try, you know, just so they're able to, you know, get different experiences with food. But cook chocolate chip cookie dough is what started it all. And, you know, what, what elevated it from there were the pumpkin spice overnight oats and the gingerbread overnight oats. Ooh -wee. Okay. Yes. Okay. I see you. I see you, Brittany. Okay. I, I love it. You and I, we're going to talk after this and, and I'm going to get those recipes. I got you. Oh, I need them in my life. Um, it, one more thing before we jump to the Super Bowl recipes, uh, you have a background in bodybuilding as well. Does that kind of give you a little bit of credibility with the guys who otherwise might be skeptical? I think most of them don't know. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, just because it was very new to me when I did it. I was a vegetarian prior to bodybuilding. And I told my coach I was a vegetarian. And he's like, okay, like, I got you. 
And he gave me a meal plan that included chicken and fish, thinking that's what went into a vegetarian diet. So there was a lot of, you know, educational differences there. And then that's where, like, I feel like I really had to get out of my comfort zone and just do what was told to told to me um, from a nutrition standpoint. So that's why I'm really big on education. And I don't want, you know, athletes to just take information as it is. I want them to ask. I want them to be curious. And I want to give them the why behind, you know, what I'm what I'm telling them to do so that it means something to them and they're motivated to follow it. Yeah. And where would you recommend somebody go to do that kind of research to make sure that they're getting good information? Because as you know, I mean, you thumb through Twitter, you hop on Instagram, like anywhere, anywhere that there's a blog, there's a whole bunch of random stuff out there, a lot of which may not necessarily be true. So when somebody's asking you where you go to get your info, what do you tell them? So there are actually now dietitians who specialize in bodybuilding, um, just as there are clinical dietitians and you know community dietitians. There's a group of dietitians who are called the bodybuilding dietitians. So I would reach out to them and work with them in conjunction to someone who um, is is meeting the needs for the exercise um, the exercise portion of the bodybuilding. So definitely a dietitian. And if you don't know a dietitian who speci- who's, um, specializes in bodybuilding, reach out to a dietitian anyway, and they might be able to find that accredited person for you. Just to make sure that you're providing enough nutrients um, for muscle building, but also for you know recovery and so that you don't set yourself back for when you're no longer um, competing. Yeah, I was uh, just interviewing a few vegan bodybuilders over the last few months. And um, I think that the average person would be like, there's no way these guys aren't eating meat. Like, it's just impossible. But then you got like Robert Cheek. He actually just had a bestseller out um, on the New York Times list last year. And then Giacomo Marchese. I mean, both of these guys are just jacked. They're part of the vegan strong team. And it's just like, wow, you know, if they're able to do that without eating meat, like we got to rethink a lot of things. Um and then before we get to the Super Bowl recipes, I'm sorry, <laughs> one more thing. You don't like cooked fruit. That Not even like <laughs> grilled pineapple. Like grilled pineapple is one of God's great treasures. Bro. I, know. I know people like it, so I make it for them. I even included it in one of the Super Bowl snacks. Um, but it's just not my thing. I will try it, though, because I do want to like it because everyone else does. And I feel like an outcast, but, um, I just, it's a texture thing for sure. I got you. My wife is the same way. She cannot do a cooked apple. She thinks that that is just the most horrific thing ever, (laughs) you know? So we, we all have our things. I'm not here to slam you. I'm just like, I I just want to make sure that you've tried grilled pineapple. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, (laughs) so All right. Big game is coming up and I can think of no better person to give us some ideas of some things that we might want to snack on as we're watching a kickoff there. So if, if Britt, you are throwing a Super Bowl party this year, what will you be serving? So turns out my family is vegan. Um, So I come home to, to that and cook for them. So I did cook them a fully vegan Thanksgiving meal and now we're on to the Super Bowl. Um, So when I think of Super Bowl food, I think of just snacking the whole time. So, you know, the recipes that I put together really focus on that. Um, 
So the first one I did was a peach barbecue meatball. And the reason why I chose meatballs is because I feel like there's always some kind of, you know, snack that you can easily just pick up typically with a, um, you know, just a fork or whatever, and just have one or two or five. So the reason I chose meatballs is one time I was in the sixth grade and we had a potluck at school and my mom gave me a full crock pot loaded with meatballs. And for some <laughs> reason, they did not get eaten in the classroom. Um, but on the bus after school, everybody kept coming to the back of the bus, grabbing meatballs back and forth. Probably not good now if you think of like germs or whatever. So <laughs> bunch of sixth graders um, grabbing meatballs with our hands. But, you know, they were so good. And no one thinks of like, a kid carrying a crock pot of meatballs and everybody getting excited about it. So with this, I kind of just wanted to make something that was tasty, um, but also easy to grab. And that just kind of reminded me of, you know, you know, just a little story that was fun. So you had to lug a crock pot to school with you on the bus that day. (laughs) Yes. That is commitment. Like if I were you, I would have been heartbroken when you, you set that out there and nobody's eating the meatballs initially. Like I would have been like, mom, you made me do all this for nothing. It definitely was embarrassing at first, but Mm. then, you know, the kids did get in trouble from the bus driver because you're not allowed to run back and forth in a moving bus. But uh, for the meatballs, it was worth it. All right. What else, what else are you serving? Um, and then I also did just cause like I work with the Eagles, I had to do a Philly cheesesteak, um, reference. So I did a Philly cheesesteak egg roll. Ooh. And with that, I did use a plant-based, uh, protein option. So with that, I did a pea, pea protein, um, which was dried and rehydrated, but I do offer an option for anyone to, um, change up the protein option in there or the, the meat substitute option to either a walnut or, or a mushroom and t- things like that, just to make sure that it's, you know, it fits what everybody's preferences are. What type of mushroom would you recommend? Like, a, are we talking shiitake? Are we talking chopped portobello? Like, what is your go-to for this? My go-to is either like a cauliflower mushroom or a lion's mane. And just because it provides different textures. There you go. You know you're talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about when they drop lion's mane mushroom <laughs> on you. Not many people will do that. All right. That automatically puts you in the 1%. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, we've got the meatballs. We've got the cheesesteaks. Is there anything else you're serving up this year? Yep. So I've got crispy potato skins that I've filled, like hollowed out and filled with a smoky lentil chili and then had different toppings available for individuals. And then I always think of dips when when we do Super Bowl. So with that, I have a roasted garlic and herb hummus. And I was able to just go outside in my family's backyard and grab some dill and some parsley from my mom's garden and utilize those. And then I also did a creamy avocado dip, um, which can be made creamy in different ways. I chose to use a vegan um, plant-based yogurt. You can choose to use... Um, milk or you can choose to use um a cream cheese or something like that can i come to your super bowl party Absolutely. I, mean, I, I know that i'm gonna be in florida actually i'm speaking in florida that day but i can try to fly up and get to philadelphia before kickoff you know if anything I, i'll save a plate for you 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Just go ahead and put some meatballs in a crock pot. Why? <laughs> I can do that. Sure. Leave it on warm for me, and I'll be right there. Oh man, Brittany Dunn, you are amazing, and uh, from the bottom of my heart, I see nothing but the biggest and brightest future for you. So, um, it has been such a thrill to have you here on the exam room, and I hope to have you back on. Thank you so much, Chuck. I really appreciate this opportunity. It was super fun. If you happen to be in Southwest Florida, I would love to see you Super Bowl Sunday at the Southwest Florida Veg Fest in Bonita Springs. I'm going to be speaking there along with neuroscientist Dr. Mickey Witt. And also speaking that day, Dr. T. Colin Campbell will be presenting and we would all love to see you there. And there is a link with all of the details right now in the episode notes. And also in the episode notes, you can find links to all of Brittany's amazing recipes. So good, just in time for Super Bowl Sunday. Now, some players, when they decide to go vegan, they keep it under wraps. Mum is the word. You'll even hear some of them say that they feel like it's their little secret. It's what gives them an edge in the ultra-competitive world of professional sports. And that is definitely the case in Philadelphia where the player Brittany was talking about has not yet spoken publicly about it. But you better believe, just as she said, that his teammates are watching much the same way that the folks in the front office are watching. And this isn't unique to Philadelphia or Tennessee either. Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields ditched meat and dairy following a four-week detox in 2020, and this was when he was still in college. And Justin said he loved how he felt so much, he loved what it did for his body that he decided to stay with it and not go back to the macaroni and cheese and chicken tenders that he had been eating and loved. Now, he said that in interviews, he feels both faster and stronger because of his new diet. And he says that his stepmother and sister have also followed suit. It's like solidarity among family. And there's a great line in one article where he was talking about this. This is from his college days. And he's talking about getting his teammates to try a plant-based diet as well. This is from Buckeye Extra, which is an outlet covering sports for the Ohio State University. And the article reads, quote, this week he got linebacker Taraja Mitchell to try it and recalled hearing from other teammates who confessed that the food was not as tasteless as they had expected. Of course it's not tasteless, but it goes on to talk about the gains that the teammates also experienced after beginning to put an increased focus on their nutrition. And these teammates include Chase Young, who wound up being a first-round draft pick for the team here in Washington, now known as the Washington Commanders. And then also in the NFL, there's a gentleman by the name of Lawrence Guy, all six foot four inch, 315 pounds of him. The New England Patriots lineman is fueled exclusively by plants. And then there's also Tyron Matthew of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this guy is a straight-up superstar known as the Honey Badger. And what he does on Sunday afternoons is all he does is pick off quarterbacks left and right. He's incredible. And then DJ Swearinger, who Brittany and I were talking about during the interview, the Washington player who was so committed to his diet that he had the team install a smoothie station for him. And this thing had all kinds of fruits and nuts and seeds and greens and everything that he could possibly need to fuel up. And I'm telling you, 
the guy was as fresh as a daisy late in the season while others, his teammates in the locker room, had been just worn down by the brutal rigors of the season. He really wanted to raise this point, how his anti-inflammatory diet sped up his recovery. And those are really just a few examples. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if there were some undercover vegans on the majority of teams in the league. And it's not just football either. You know, there are athletes across all sports cashing in on plants. Just ask Tom Brady's former chef, Alan Campbell. And Alan today is helping fuel plenty of Major League Baseball players with plants. And I will put a link to that conversation in the episode notes for you as well. So the bottom line is this. It's not just ultra endurance athletes that we hear so much about in the plant-based community who are maximizing their performance utilizing proper nutrition. We are talking about household names who are excelling in the biggest sports in the world, competing on the biggest stages, doing big things and doing them without meat or dairy. And if you're ready to do big things, here are a few ways to get you going. Number one, you can download our 21-day Kickstart app that will give you all of the tools that you need to start your plant-based journey. And this is available for free right now for both Apple and Android devices. You could also set up an appointment with our doctors and dietitians at the Barnard Medical Center. I'll give you that phone number. It is 202-527-7500. Or you can log on to barnardmedical.org to schedule your appointment. Telemedicine visits are available for a large portion of the country and insurance is accepted. And then also, you could just subscribe to the exam room by the Physicians Committee and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows. And then once you do that, go back through our archives and listen to some of our previous episodes with some other athletes. Get some tips and get inspired and then get going. Take your game and your health to the next level. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Brittany Dunn of Dunn Nutrition for being here and keeping the Philadelphia Eagles flying high in the healthiest way possible. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember... As always, keep it plant-based.